Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner, and it is time for you to figure out how to have a successful Rosh Hashanah. Well, stick with me. I'm Yitzwein, the rabbi of Young Israel Aish, and welcome to the Life is Great community. So the first thing we have to do is figure out what does it mean to have a successful Rosh Hashanah? How do you even define that? For some people, you know, just might be get, getting the whole family together and having dinner and you know, a little bit of honey cake and apples with honey, and that's successful. Another person says, eh, this year I'll hear the show for being blown. For another person, it could be something totally different. Well, I'm going to move the goalposts all the way to the end, and I'm going to explain how to get a fantastic judgment from God for the next year on Rosh Hashanah. Now, let's understand the first thing. We're going to talk about four things that will turn into seven. But the first thing is to, the first way, very important, is to internalize what exactly is Rosh Hashanah? What does it mean to be a day of judgment? So we say, Jewish tradition has it, that on Rosh Hashanah we celebrate the birthday of mankind, that the first man, Adam and Eve, were created on the sixth day of creation, and that was Rosh Hashanah. And so every day, every year on Rosh Hashanah, we're remembering, we say this is the birthday of the world because God created the entire world for mankind. And therefore we celebrate the man, the first man's uh, birthday, so to speak. Now, in, in, in addition to this, the day of Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment for all of mankind. It's the day when God looks down upon every human being, Jew and non-Jew, judges them according to their deeds, desires, wants, and issues decrees for the following year. God sets out our potential for the coming year. Now, just to make you a little more real with what this is about, and this is the first step to having a successful judgment, to, to really getting the kinds of the decree that you want to get, a decree of, uh, for a good life, for a productive life, a pleasurable life, that's something which we all want, so we have to recognize that it is exactly what it is, a day of judgment. It's, it's a court case. You're showing up in shul, you're hearing the shofar, and the Almighty is judging your existence. And we say that on, on Rosh Hashanah, God takes quantitative and qual, qualitative. He takes the, every person and he, he puts all of their merits on one side of the scale and all of their iniquities on the other side of the scale. And judges, those people that have more iniquity than merits, they are deemed wicked immediately. There is a decree for death for them. Uh, for a person that has more merits than iniquity, immediately God judges that person to the side of righteous righteousness, in which case they will be given a good life and not a pleasurable life in many different areas. And that every one of us should view ourselves as we are benonim right in the middle, that where God will examine us, our merits and our, our iniquities, and it'll be like exactly even, in which case there's a suspended judgment to Yom Kippur. And the way you tip the scales over by Yom Kippur is by doing that extra mitzvah, an extra element of a commandment, um, or, or by doing tshuva, wiping away, uh, repenting, wiping away uh, a sin, so to speak. So we'll get more into that process later on. But I think the first step is just realize you're being judged. There's a lot of people, imagine you had a big court case 
and you decide, yeah, I'm not showing up to the judge. I'm not going to the trial. So what does the judge do? He gives us issues a summary judgment. Now, generally a summary judgment is a bad thing for a person because it means the prosecuting attorney is there the and or you know the other side is there and uh and uh, the judge says fine what do you want the other guy didn't bother showing up whatever you want there you go in there however there is the, the it is at the judge's discretion i mean he could turn and say i don't like what the prosecutor is even saying i don't even like this lawsuit i'm throwing the whole thing out i mean it is possible for the judge to do that but if you want to be successful in a court case you show up to court when you're supposed to show up and you have the best attorney you possibly can. And you are very, very prepared to argue your case. That's how you're successful in a court of law. That ultimately is how you're going to be successful on Rosh Hashanah. You're going to show up in front of God, knowing that you're being judged and recognizing the gravity of the judgment. So let me give you a sense, a tool that you can use to get this point. Sit down, write down a few, you know, three, four, five, of the stresses that you have had this past year. Just writing down a piece of paper. On the other side of the piece of paper, write down three, four, or five of the blessings that you've enjoyed in the past year. Now look at them and realize that all of these things were decreed last Rosh Hashanah. In other words, you showed up at Shul, or maybe you didn't, right? For whatever, you did whatever you did last Rosh Hashanah, and God issued a decree and set in your destiny there's a certain element, this is how much money you're going to make. This is how your relationships are going to go. This is how much you saw your children or grandchildren, or this is how much you did not see them. This is how much fighting was in your life. This is how the water heater broke and you got into that big car accident, right? You were generally pretty healthy, but all of a sudden your cholesterol went to 170 and the doctor said, start taking these pills, right? Whatever it is. Okay. All these things were decreed last Rosh Hashanah because in a day of judgment. So that's the first step. It's a day of judgment. Recognize it is a day of judgment. Know that you have a court date and realize that the judgment is for this world. It's only what's going on in this world. It's not going on in the next world. Your olam haba is not at stake. Your heaven or hell, that you're gonna wait for. That's, that's a judgment you get when you die. <laughs> but right now you're alive. So just enjoy being alive. And this leads us to step number two. Step number two is identify the kind of year that you want next year. So now generally everybody wants kind of similar things, you know, uh, you want health, you want money, you want good relationships, uh, but those are all very general things. There, there are some people, they want more influence. You know, when I was speaking with the one lady, she said, my goal in life is to bring a sense of God awareness to everyone I can and to teach them to be closer to God through the mitzvahs, right? That's a very noble goal, right? That's what they want. So the idea is you're not, if you don't know where you're going, you're probably not gonna get there, okay? So you have to know where you're going. You have to know what exactly do you want? When it comes to your health, what kind of health do you want? Do you just wanna feel vibrant? Or are you just happy if your leg doesn't hurt and your shoulder heals? And you don't, you don't have to take so much, you know, uh, Oxycontin to get through the day, right? You know, like how, how, how much health do you want? Okay. So identify this is how I want to feel when it comes to money. How much money do you want? Now there are some people who say, Oh, you know, I want billions. And there are some people who say, I really don't care about the money as long as I'm not stressed out about it. And I'm, and, and, and I even, someone told me the other day, 
He goes, and Rabbi, I'm, I'm serious about that. I don't want too much money. I know that every time I get so much, a certain amount of money, I end up spending more time thinking about my money than speaking about my wife and my kids. He goes, I don't want that much, right? A, a very aware person, by the way. I mean, he understood, you know, how a blessing can turn into something not so good for him. So he wanted to limit it. Okay. So everybody's different. Do you want to get married? What kind of marriage do you want? Do you want to get along with your spouse? Or maybe you're happy kind of living a separate life just as long as we don't fight. You know, they do that their thing, you do your thing. Maybe you're happy with that. But what kind of thing do you want? You want to see your children more often? Do you want to be closer to your children? Some people want that. Not everyone does, right? But if you know what you want in the coming year, then you know what kind of blessings that you, first of all, on the most basic level should be asking for. And by the way, be very careful what you ask for. You know why? You might get it. And there's many ways to accomplish what you're asking for. I knew one person one year, they davened, that they davened a lot that they could spend time with their grandchildren. Their, their, their daughter was not, uh, was not, you know, she was keeping the grandkids away, you know, just, you know, her husband, this, that, whatever. They thought when the daughter got divorced, okay, things will get better. But the daughter just kind of like kept the grandkids away. The, the parents davened they could see the grand the grandchildren more. The daughter died that year. They had to take care of the grandkids fully, right? Well, that's not exactly what the mother of this woman wanted, right? But she just davened. I want my grandkids. I want my grandkids. I'm my grandkids. <laughs> okay. What are you asking for and why are you asking for it? And how do you want it to come about? So you want to spend time with your grandkids? Say, I want to spend quality, good time with my daughter and her children and her husband. And, you know, we want to spend, you know, you get it? You understand? You want to make, you want some money. Well, there's some people, they get money because they get into a big car accident and they blow their back out and they get a lawsuit. So, okay. So, but is that, is that how you want to get your money? No, probably not. So you, again, no, the step two is identify the kind of year you want and be very, very specific about what you want and why you want it. All right. So that's, that's, that's the next thing. The third thing is that you have to isolate actions and attitudes that you need to do in order to adopt it, in order that your year will be filled with these blessings. So in other words, you stop and say, okay, listen, I want to be a little more healthy and I want to have more energy. So what does that mean for you? Does it mean you're going to stop drinking coffee? Does it mean you're going to lose uh, 10 pounds? Does it mean you're going to join a gym and get an ex exercise regimen? If that's what it means, so then you have to start that process of planning to do that now. You're showing God that you're serious, right? Do start, start a few days before Rosh Hashanah. Person says, I want to be, you know, I want my net worth to go up. Okay. So how do you do that? You have to make a plan. I have to get a little, whittle down my debt, start saving a little more money, maybe get an extra job, maybe plan to get another job or get a different kind of job. You know, in other words, look at that. Person says, I want to get married. Well, you don't get married if you don't date. So, right. So you have to know, like, he's go begin the process, say, God, this year I want to get married. This is so I'm going to learn about dating. I'm going to learn about what a good marriage is. I'm going to start putting myself out there, meeting the right people so I can meet the, the proper people. That kind of thing. You have to isolate actions and attitudes that you need to adopt in order that your year will be filled with blessings. So, so far, so far, this is what we said. 
I'm sharing with you the four most important things for a successful Rosh Hashanah. What is Rosh Hashanah? It is a day of judgment where you're standing for the King of Kings, Holy One, blessed be He, and He's laying out your potential in the coming year. So success as I'm defining it is that it will be a good year as per what you want. Not what I want, what you want. So therefore, how do you do that? First of all, realize it's a day of judgment. It's a big day. It's a heavy day. Prepare for it. Get ready for the day. Get ready to go to court. Number two, identify the kind of year you want. What is it that, what kind of blessings do you want in this year? And the third thing is isolate action and attitudes that will get you on that path. And now I share with you the fourth part, the fourth of uh, the most important things in order to ensure a successful Rosh Hashanah. There, you have to bring into your life a three-part strategy to open yourself up to blessing. The first part is increase your gratitude and your happiness quotient. In other words, the Almighty is willing to give blessings, but like a human being, God forbid, God, you know, God is not a human being and he's not like human being, but similar to the way human beings work. God also works in a similar fashion. People are more likely to give things to others when they are appreciative. When we are appreciative of which God, of things that God has already given us, of the life God has given us, so then the Almighty is more willing to give us blessings. So that it be raising your level of gratitude for everything you've gotten so far, thanking God for all the blessings, and recognizing that all those stresses that He determined you got you would get last year, recognize that each and every one of those was really there in order to help you with your life, in order to help you with your blessings. That is the first step. In other words, it's you have to turn and say, God, thank you so much for everything you've done for me and everything you will do for me, right? Raise your level of just being in a good mood and, and recognize and say, God, you see that I'm appreciative of everything you do for me, so please do more for me, okay? Because no one wants to help someone who's an ingrate, not even God, okay? The second part of this is that you have to become a mavater of mirosav. God treats us the way we treat others. If we are generous with other people, then God will be generous with us. If we are judgmental and negative and evil-eyish, so to speak, with others, then that is how God behaves with us. So the way the Talmud lays this whole thing out is in the concept that don't be exacting on other people. Maybe other people have harmed you a little bit. You know what? Let it be water off a duck's back. Maybe other people have not been so nice to you. Don't worry. Don't let, don't let it get it under your skin. Just be generous and be kind to them. And don't stop and don't say, you know, hey, listen, you know, I, you know, I got this owed to me. Don't, don't work on a level of I did one for you. Now you do one for me. Don't keep score. Just kind of be generous and be more giving. I mean, about to just say, you know, I'm not concerned with what I, what I, what I, what I should get. You know, so it's very interesting. The story in the Talmud is there was a, there was a terrible drought in the land of Israel. And rabbi after rabbi after rabbi would go up and they'd pray and pray and pray for rain. And no, never happened. Like nothing happened. The skies were, you know, <laughs> sunny and clear, hot. And then all of a sudden, Rabbi Akiva gets up there and he davens. And immediately the skies come, they become dark with clouds. 
and it starts pouring down rain. And he said, what was so special about Rabbi Akiva? He was mevat al-midasav. He was not, did not hold other people to stringency. So then God didn't hold him to stringency. You know, if we want God to be generous with us, we should be generous to other people. If we don't want God to be exacting on us and the things that we do wrong, and yes, everybody does something's wrong, then what we should do is don't be exacting on other people. Okay. And now the last part of this, the third part of your three-part strategy to open yourself up to God's blessings is make yourself needed by God. When you're praying, when you're looking at the blessings, do you want the blessings just for yourself or do you want those blessings to help other people as well? Now, listen, having wealth is a great thing because wealth gives you influence. It gives you things to, you can enjoy. You can, yeah, I can have nicer things and you can uh, be, you can be charitable with, with your wealth. But if a person only wants the wealth for himself because he likes fancy vacations, do you really think that that is so compelling to God? Like why, why God's going to look at you and say, well, like, why should I give you fancy vacations? A person wants his health, but Again, if you're using your health and you're going to be involved in the Jewish community, you're going to be spreading the word of the Lord. You're going to be helping other people, doing acts of kindness and elevating other people's moods. That, that's a good reason to give you health. But if, you're, if you just want health so you can go around and maybe speak badly about others and stay by yourself and work just to collect this, your money for yourself and not really help, not, not really bring benefit to other people, so then... Is that a reason why God should give you health, right? You want to get married because you're lonely, depressed. Okay, first of all, don't be depressed. You got to get out of it. You have to be appreciative of your life, exactly how it is. But okay, you're lonely. But again, God says, like, why should I give this person a spouse? Why should I give them children? Is it just for them? Or is it if I give them another person in their life, they will help make that other person better? They will be, that other person will be a recipient of their kindness and their giving. So you see, you make yourself needed by God. In, in, in other words, so to speak, you're, you're, you're helping the world. You're being a partner with the Almighty and bringing goodness to the world. And when you do that, these three things, first one, increasing your gratitude and your joyfulness level. The second one is not so being so exact, exacting on other people, but rather just being more generous and forgiving of other people because God treats us the way we treat others. And the third one is, putting yourself in a position that you're needed by the community, that you're helping other people, you're elevating other people. When you're doing that, all of those are three very compelling reasons that God should give you a year of tremendous blessings. And you add, when you add that into knowing what blessings you want and your personal plan for putting in certain kinds of efforts to bring those, those blessings to fruition, you got that going? You are going to have a very, very, very blessed year. All right, so there we go. So, so I want to introduce you to my very favorite, our very favorite, Dana Rutherford. She's our producer, and she has a couple of questions uh, from all of you that uh, she'd like to share with us. Thank you, Rabbi Wine. That was excellent. Hi, everyone. Okay, so we have about four questions. We'll take two. Okay, so the first one says... <laughs> and, then, and then we'll do another podcast later this week. Okay. Because it's high season, so go ahead. Excellent. Okay, <laughs> so the first one says, I find that for years, I go into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur so nervous, almost scared. I want to get more out of the holiday. What should I focus on so I'm not so scared? So you have to know God loves you more than you love your... More than you could ever love your children. God loves you more than you could 
ever love anybody. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment, but um, it's also a joyful day. The, the, the prophet Nehemiah, when he brought, went back and he was building the walls around Jerusalem and he saw all the Jews, it was, it was, it was, it was Rosh Hashanah. And everyone was like literally trembling in terror. He turned and he said, don't you know that joy in your taking joy in the mitzvahs, taking joy in, 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 in the almighty, that is your power, that your strength is in enjoying it. So, so it's a heavy day. Be scared. But if you know that God loves you, then you'll be confident that if you're putting forth efforts, he will be very, very kind to you and, and uh, will benefit you greatly. Beautiful. <clears throat> okay. Which, by the way, when you look at other people, you should realize God loves them too. You realize like God loves that person who's so annoying to you more than, <laughs> than anything else, right? You know, not as much as he loves me, but he loves them a lot too. Okay, continue on. Okay, the second one says, my children have officially become teenagers. How do I inspire them to understand the importance of Rosh Hashanah? How do I help them grow and understand how important tshuva is? It's so beautiful. So, you know, everyone relates to things on their own level. So, you know, in other words, you it's just a different example. Like teenagers, people that are 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, they have stressful lives. And they all have had people who have spoken badly about them or you know, in school, or they've all witnessed or been subject to a little bit of bullying, or they have stopped and they've had a teacher. They felt uh, they, they were not judged fairly by a coach or by a, uh, a teacher. And, and they have to realize, so it's getting into their world, of course, listening to them a lot and understanding, spending time with them and understanding what is, what is their particular stress and what's their ambition. And realize they're being judged on their level for their blessings, not for your blessings. So, you know, for them, the judgment might be, hey, listen, they can be successful at the volleyball team. It might be that, you know, maybe God, you know, you should turn and ask God, you know, make math class easier for you, right? Or that maybe I should meet, you know, better friendships. And they'll, they'll say, well, how can God help, you know, give me a blessing, have better friendships? Well, easy. So you turn to the kid and say, your strategy for, for, for making better friends is, is when you go into school every day, you should turn and compliment one person. Find one person at the beginning of the day that you can say, say, what can I say to them that will make them feel good? And you do that, that's a strategy to open yourself up for blessings that God will, will, will give you that. All right. Okay. We are, it's, it's high season. And uh, so we're going to publish another uh, Life is Great podcast coming up on uh, soon on, on the high holidays. So get ready for that. In the meantime, thank you so much for being part of the Life is Great community. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at 
yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.